Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Yes, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Good to see you all. Producer Joe, how are you today on this fine Friday? It's Friday, and I'm doing well, Well, That was very, very, very... You know, last Friday we had a hiccup before the show, so Joe's It's Friday was cut a little short because he had to do it twice. (laughs) So his vocal cords were already exhausted. Couple quick announcements, number one. Uh, It is a special day in the annals of the history of the world. It is time for a multi-day extravaganza, the equivalent of Mardi Gras in... uh, down in, in in Louisiana, in New Ooh. Orleans, um, this is it, it. Really, it's an intergalactic celebration. Hey. Of course, I say that with a little air of sarcasm. It is my wife's Paula's birthday. Hey. Uh, she's twenty six today. All right, it's twenty. Yeah. It's, it's just a it's a couple anniversaries past twenty six. Yeah. But uh-huh. she, she uh-huh. yes, she is amazing. <laughs> she is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So a big happy birthday to happy my wife birthday, and my dad Paula. too. My father today. Ah. They share the same birthday, which is ironic. Because I share the same birthday as one of my nephews, too. We got it all out of the way at the Happy same time. Birthday, Happy birthday, Daddy, Paula. Danny. Danny's Love daddy. Death, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, man. He's a cool cat, too. Yeah. So. And one more thing. My first New York book signing ever. Oh. You know, um, I don't do a lot of book signings. I only usually do two or three. Yeah. Um, Actually, I usually only do one after each book, but we're expanding <laughs> this time. We're going to do like two or three max. Uh, New York, September 24th, Tuesday, 7 right. p.m., book review. That's R-E-V-U-E, Tuesday, September 24th, 7 p.m., Huntington, New York, book review on Long Island. I will put it up in the show notes today at Bongino.com, the information. It's on my Twitter, on my Facebook uh, there as well. You can check it out. I would love to see you there. Say hello. I spend a lot of time at these things. They Mm -hmm. usually have to kick me out because I spend so much time talking. Okay. Announcements over. Stack show today. Here we go. They are trying the Russia thing <laughs> again, again. Oh, you man. are never going to believe this. They, yes, don't go anywhere. Let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at WaxRx. You know how much I love my sponsors. This is one of those products I can't recommend highly enough because I had a real problem. I kid you not. With earwax buildup in my ears, I got to wear these IFBs all the time. Not only now, but when I was with this, uh, the Secret Service as well. You know, the squiggly earpiece, that's the thing. Huh? Always in the ear. I couldn't get rid of it. And you can't stick those cotton swabs in your ears. That's not what they're for. They're for cleaning the outside of your ears. It's actually very dangerous to do that. It's not the sexiest product in the world, WaxRx. But here's a customer review we got. Shows you how great this is. I used to have to go to the doctor twice a year to get rid of my stubborn, hardened earwax. Ugh. With my rising cost of healthcare and thus double deductible, I'd have to spend $60 per visit, $120 a year to treat my ears. Now I can do it myself with WaxRx and a significant savings. It doesn't require me to miss a half a day of work. Right now, try the WaxRx system by typing in GoWaxRx.com. That's GoWaxRx.com. Use offer code DAN at checkout for free shipping. Look at this. It can't get any easier to use. There's the WaxRx system. Gentle spray into the ear. First, you treat your ears with the drops they send you, and then you rinse them out nice with the little nozzle. Very nice, gentle spray. You're going to be shocked at what comes out of those ears. Uh, Folks, it works. It is really good. My family uses it. Don't wait. You have no idea what you might be missing because of inner earwax. Who knows? It might just change your life. GoWaxRx.com. The website, GoWaxRx.com. Use offer code DAN. All right, let's go. 
Yes, they are using the Russia story again. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I am no fan of Tulsi Gabbard. She's a Democrat candidate for president. I think she took a couple ridiculous shots at President Trump the other day. But regardless, I am a fan of law, order, and fairness. Uh, we know enemies of freedom uh, within the United States, people who want to usher in the police state, Joseph, mm -hmm. um, that those enemies of freedom have been using now for over a decade, the colluded with Russia fill in the blank movie script forever. Yeah. Yeah. It has been a constant theme on this show. Headline, Democrats are going at it. Radical Democrats again. What happened? Tulsi Gabbard was on the debate stage the other night on round two, and she just filleted Kamala Harris. We have all the sound clips in yesterday's show, episode 1035, if you want to check them out. Kamala Harris is one of the front runners in this race right now, along with Joe Biden. Apparently, some Democrats got upset. So, Joe, what leaks? Oh, conveniently, yes. what leaks? Hmm. Here's an article at The Intercept by Glenn Greenwald. Not a conservative, by the way, <laughs> a very liberal guy, but a guy who is very, like me, frightened by the advance of the police state. Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, February 3rd, 2019. This is important. Look at this. Uh -huh. This is what happened. This is what broke a little while ago here. This is it. NBC News to claim Russia supports Tulsi Gabbard relies on firm that just caught was caught fabricating data for the Democrat Party. So this is now coming out again. This story. This is now this is yeah. back in February, but this is now coming out again. This is being pushed and advanced. The same exact. Keep in mind, this is right around the time Tulsi announced and people started to get some support amongst even some libertarians. Now you're seeing this story. Just go to Twitter. You will see this story everywhere about the Russians. Not that story by Greenwald. This is the story that knocks this stuff to the ground. Mm -hmm. You're going to see this Russia pushing Tulsi Gabbard story everywhere. Now, from Greenwald's piece, this is really good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. NBC News published a predictably viral story Friday. Again, this is back in February. Claiming that experts who track websites and social media linked to Russia have seen stirrings of a possible campaign of support for Hawaii Democrat Tulsi Gabbard. The Russians are back. You're going to see this story everywhere today. But the whole story was a sham. The only expert cited by NBC in support of its key claim was the firm New Knowledge. New Knowledge. New Knowledge. Where do we find New Knowledge? That sounds familiar. I always say remember the names. New knowledge. Oh, the same firm that got caught by the New York Times fabricating Russian troll accounts on behalf of the Democrat Party in Alabama in their Senate race to manufacture false accusations that the Kremlin was interfering in the Roy Moore, Doug Jones election. Duh, Ladies and duh, gentlemen, duh. this is important. Greenwald has already exposed this company, New Knowledge, for ridiculous, absurd allegations against Listen, whether you love or hate these guys, Doug Jones, Roy Moore, Tulsi Gabbard, right. Kamala Harris, whatever. These charges are nonsense. There are companies out there that are being paid by key Democrats to destroy the characters and reputations of American politicians running for office who go against the liberal agenda by doing what? By tying them to Russia. It's the entire yeah. premise of my second book on Spygate, Exonerated. When we just talked about the book signing a minute ago. It's the entire, they, the entire premise. They trot this out every time. Folks, the story has already been debunked, and they're still trotting this out to attack Gabbard. Again, I'm not a fan of Gabbard. I support the president, huh. and I thought her charges against the president were ridiculous. But ladies and gentlemen, why am I bringing this up first? I always think hard about what story is going to come first. 
because I don't want to lose anyone on a ah, like a so-so story. This is critical. Why? Because I told you about that, not argument, but that back and forth I had with the gentleman in the gym who was, once the Mueller hearing was over, was sure that the Democrats were going to stop with the Russia stuff. No, ladies and gentlemen, they won't. You are always going to have friendlies in the media who will advance an enemy of the Democrat Party is tied to Russia's story using the movie script every single time. It is a simple movie script where they just change the character, the bad guy from Venom to Thanos to Mysterio. Mm -hmm. It's the same story every time. The bad guy is Trump. The bad guy is Gabbard. The mm -hmm. bad guy is Roy Moore. The bad guy is John McCain. The whole book, my second book, is a diagrammatic account of how they do this every single time and got busted. They don't care that they got busted. These people already got nailed months ago and go to Twitter and Facebook. I'm not kidding. You're going to see these stories again about how Gabbard is a Russian stooge. Hmm. Listen, some of this stuff I think on our foreign policy is extremely questionable. Some of her meetings even worse, but she's a Russian stooge, an agent of Russia based on a company that already got busted creating their own fake Russian troll accounts? Dude. Was, Folks, take a deep breath. Yeah, before was, you believe any of this stupidity. Just a matter of time before this came around again. Just uh, a matter of time, Dano. E every yep. single time. Yep. Russia, Russia, Russia. Yep. Folks, every single time. So there you go. All right, important story nonetheless. Okay, let's move on. A lot of big news to get you today. Friday, get to you today. I don't want to lose the weekend and you guys being left in an information black hole. Decent jobs number just came out. Job numbers announced this morning. Friday morning came out around, I think it was 830 or so. 164,000 jobs as reported by the Wall Street Journal added in July. Solid number. A little, I mean, a sliver under the prediction. The prediction was for 165. So ladies and gentlemen, for all intents and purposes, it was the same as the predictions. Solid number. U.S. economy added 164,000 jobs in July. Some takeaways from this, folks. From this journal piece, you'll see the liberal talking point they constantly throw out there about wages, how wages are suffering is going to have to, it's going to, it's going to disappear like an Alka-Seltzer topic. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just not true. Here we see from the general report, I'm going to get to a video in a minute. Average hourly earnings increased by eight cents last month to 27.98. Wages are going up. They were up 3.2% from a year earlier. The annual gain remains solid, especially considering inflation is low, but it's down from a recent peak of 3.4% in February. Ladies and gentlemen, wages are going up. These are solid numbers. Now, Here's video this morning I took from uh, Douglas Holtz-Aiken, who is an economist. He was on CNBC talking about how the Democrats, as you notice in the last debate, generally stayed away from the economic talking points, even though on Twitter and social media, you'll see them still trying to advance this. The wages aren't going up nonsense, even though they are. But here's Aiken saying, hey, listen, the economy's great. They're eventually going to run out of things to say. Check this out. Will the economy be a positive story by the time the election rolls around, or will there be signs of, of uh, a crack in the economy by the time? Uh, November of 2020. Is it is it a tailwind or will it be neutral or a headwind? In the absence of a policy error, it's going to be a, a tailwind. It's, it's going to be okay. benefit the president. Um, you know, if you if you look at it right now, if we held the election, the Democrats are not talking about the economy because they have nothing to say. I mean, it's doing really well.
Nice. Now, there was a Chiron at the bottom, what they would call the lower third mm-hmm. in the industry, or Chiron. Um, and the Chiron at the bottom showed labor, labor force participation is up to 63%, meaning the number of people in the eligible to work in the workforce is going up. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a good thing. Not to get too deep on the weeds, because I got a lot to get to today in the show, including some explosive stuff. I got a lot of feedback about coma yesterday. Some of it I totally misguided, some of it on point. So I want to get to that too, but This is an important figure here. Wages are going up, and they're going up at a greater rate than inflation. In other words, if your wages go up and inflation goes up at the same rate, your wages didn't really go up, folks. Right. You may get a $100,000 raise a year, but if everything costs $100,000 more, it doesn't matter. You can't buy any additional stuff. Pretty simple to understand, right? Wages are going up. Inflation is relatively tame. Meaning people are getting what they call real increases, not nominal increases, real increases in their buying power, what they can buy. But wage increases have slowed a little bit. But I would even suggest to you, and this is not me trying to put lipstick on a pig or anything, that even the slowing a bit of wage increases, even though they're they're substantially higher than the Obama administration and very healthy, that they're not going up at the rate they were in February, ladies and gentlemen, because of what I just mentioned to you about labor force participation. Why? Think about this. Think this through, right? The Obama administration had historically low labor force participation rates. People were leaving the workforce. Whoa, knock that over there. People were leaving the workforce because the availability of good jobs was slim. Mm-hmm. The o- job growth in the Obama years, as we saw from Donna Brazil, uh, the former head of the uh, Democrat National uh, Committee, her own email, she acknowledged, yeah, yeah, Obama was getting job growth, decent job growth. They were all garbage jobs, part-time jobs, jobs below your work capacity and what you, what value you could add. So what was happening? People couldn't get the jobs they wanted, so they were leaving the workforce. Follow me. Labor force participation of people leave the workforce goes down. Fewer okay. people, obviously, participating in the labor force. Right. What happened with a lot of those folks? A lot of those folks that left the labor force, ladies and gentlemen, had their skills atrophy. Common sense. You have a resume, you work in a technical field. I'll give you a Joe. Joe's the perfect example. Mm-hmm. My Joe and Paula, I, I, I mean, it's convenient, but they literally are the perfect example for this. Joe and Paula work in a highly technical field. Paula has to do the live stream. She mm-hmm. manages the web, all this other stuff. It's very complicated. I honestly have no idea what she does. Joe does podcasting, has to deal with all of the cuts, how to deal with the cuts, how to get the cuts, how to process the stuff. The equipment we do and the way we post on podcasts is not how Joe did it 20 years ago. Joe was a sound engineer on the radio dealing with a soundboard, flipping switches, right? Dealing with codecs, uh, ISDN lines. Nobody uses that anymore. I talk to Joe on the internet. Right. That's how it works. We don't even even use Skype anymore. The technology has gotten past if now, if Joe was out of the workforce, right. and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. for five years and came back in, Joe, there'd be a steep learning curve yeah. for you to figure out how to do this podcast I, I, stuff, right? I'm I not might, crazy, right? No, I might be lost, man. That's how fast this stuff changes. Now, if yeah. that were the case, but I like Joe, I'd hire him. I'd say, Joe, I'm going to hire you at a little lower uh, salary, or I'm going to hire at a little lower reimbursement rate right. if I had hired him because I got to train you. Yeah. Now, because Joe, that's you get what I'm saying, folks. Yeah. That's what's keeping the wage growth down. You had so many people on the sidelines in the Obama years because the availability of jobs that met their skills weren't there. That a lot of their skills have atrophied. Now that the Trump economy is in fuego, is on fire, mm. a lot of these folks, these men and women, are coming back into the workforce, but at a little bit lower wages than they would have had if they would have stayed in the workforce. So what I'm trying to suggest to you is even the fact that wage growth 
growth is slowed a tad. Even that's not a bad sign because labor force participation is going up. Don't be fooled by the liberal talking points. The economy is very sophisticated now. We're not an agricultural economy anymore like we were 150 years ago. You go outside, you till a field, you sell your goods. That's not what we do now. Even Paula, who's like one of the best web designer I've ever had to figure out how to do all this live stream stuff, this video stuff. Mm. It was a small operation, folks. She had to learn it. I, I don't know what she does. If she was gone for five years, gosh, who knows how long it would have taken us to figure out how to do this video show. So don't sweat it. The economy's good. The downside, as I've told you before, is I think our debt situation is ridiculous. Let me get to this China story, too, because I got to I got to get to Comey and a ton of other stuff. Stack showed it. Please don't go anywhere. New uh, threat uh, tariffs on China. The China trade war is exploding. Uh, President Trump said yesterday that the trade war talks uh, or with trade talks, excuse me, with China were not going well. He's threatening to impose another 10 percent tariff um, on China. September 1st, China, as you see in this uh, IJR report, warns of retaliation after Trump threatens these fresh new tariffs. That's an October 2nd report. Mm -hmm. You can check these out in the show notes today as well. Have all these articles up for you, ladies and gentlemen. um, Let me give you the ups and the downs to this. Um, First off, trade wars are never really good for an economy in the short term. Folks, can I be candid with you a minute? I love the audience of the show to death, but I get I read my emails purpose, uh, purposefully because I want to know what, what's resonating with the audience and what's not. But I, one of the things that irks me is, and I love your feedback, don't take it the wrong way, is when people email me about things I never said, and mm. I can't defend what I didn't say or don't believe, it happens a lot. It's okay, it's cool, I get it. But what, I want to be careful here with my language because every time I mention this, I get emails about things I'm not saying. Trade wars in the short term are never good. In the long run, they can be beneficial for an economy if we win. And I would suggest to you that what's happening with China, that President Trump, if he understands the goal long run, which I think he does, that free and fair trade is a good thing, that something had to be done about China. And I don't have a beef with his strategy now at all. We have got to break the back of China on trade. They're stealing our intellectual property. They are engaging in wholly unfair trade practices. Their government procurement methods, the way they mandate uh, their companies uh, steal certain amounts of our intellectual property and their government has to buy stuff locally. Very unfair to the United States. But let me give you the ups and the downs so you can make your own informed opinion about these new these new tariffs that will be imposed September 1st if China doesn't come to the table seriously. All right. On the positive side, folks, you have to, whether you like the president or don't like the president, you have to give this guy credit for having cojones. He's got a titanium spine, folks. What do I mean by that? On the pro side, the Chinese government, what I'm getting from good quality sources here, the Chinese government was playing Trump for a fool. Their calculus, Joe, the Chinese government was that there is no way President Trump is going to go forward with additional tariffs in an election year coming up, knowing that the short-term damage to the economy, there is going to be some. There's no way he's going to do it. Mm -hmm. So the Chinese said, you know what? Let's just forget it. Forget these trade talks as we know. We're not doing what you say. We're going to keep stealing your intellectual property. Go pound sand. What does Trump do? Trump comes back and says, okay, 10%, another tariff coming on September 1st. I, I, if I, you know, if the Chinese leadership listens to this show, (laughs) I'm just telling you, you're dancing with the wrong guy. He is not going to back down. He is not. 
And if there's going to be some short-term pain for a long-time reconciliation with China and a free or fairer trade environment, he's going to go forward with it. You're dancing with the wrong guy. He's not kidding around. Yeah. You you think you're playing this guy for a fool. You're not. He really is committed to this. On the downside, so there's the pro side. The downside is, again, short term, it is hurting our economy a little bit. Now, we are growing. Job growth is healthy. It's not going to be catastrophic, but we can't ignore the negatives. There are people in the United States who deal with China on a regular basis who are being hurt. Those tariffs... China is devaluing is tr- you know to try and make their products more competitive in that tariff environment. Mm-hmm. But folks, investment in the United States, the investment number, the last GDP number that calculates investment as a part of it. Uh, what is it? Uh, G plus C plus I plus X minus M. I always say it's government spending, consumption, investment, exports minus imports. That's how we get our growth number. Investment is a key portion of that. Investment is hurting a little bit. And what some economists will tell you is a lot of our American companies have some factories, Joe, over in China, substantial presence or substantial presence over there. Mm-hmm. And some of that business investment number in those Chinese factories and some of the, um, yeah. th- by the way, some of the numbers, because they're buying inputs, by the way, from China as well, the tariffs may be hurting them a little bit. Pros and cons. I'm giving you a balanced approach. You figure it out. Short term, there's going to be some pain. But I think long term, he's taking the right approach. They are dancing with the wrong guy, folks. I'm telling you, they are playing with the wrong guy. He is not messing around. Okay. On the Comey story. Man, did I get a lot of emails about this yesterday. Tweets and everything. Dan, you're missing it. Ah, Folks, I'm not missing it. I promise you. When I get nailed on something, I'm happy to correct it. Joe, can you vouch for me on that? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All the time. Yep. I told you what I I, I did was right on spy. You read my book, Spygate, we nailed 99% of it. Yeah. There were a couple of things we were wrong on. <laughs> we didn't think Blasey Ford would show up. She showed up. Sessions, I put a little too much faith in Sessions. Granted. Fine, point stipulated. No one's right 100% of the time, but we got a darn good success rate. I'm not missing the point on charges not being filed against Comey. I'm going to give that to you in a second. Don't go anywhere. All right, uh, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Brick House Nutrition. Brick House. We love Brick House. You want to be a Brick House? Get on Brick House Nutrition. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com. What is this product? This is foundation. To turn your world upside down in a good way. Why? Because it's terrific. This is the best nutrition supplement on the market. These guys have been with me for it's true, Joe. I'm telling you, this stuff is terrific. Yeah. What is it? It is a creatine ATP blend. I'm reading a label in the back. Creatine ATP. It's like supercharged creatine. You may say, oh, creatine's been around for a while. It hadn't been around for a while like this. This is terrific stuff. Now, you don't believe me this stuff works. What is it? You may say, okay, great. What does it do? It's like having two extra gas tanks in the gym. But it does three things for you. It makes you look better, it makes you feel better, and it makes you perform better in the gym. This stuff is terrific. Don't take my word for it. I mean that. I I take it. Joe takes it. Little Joe takes it. My wife takes it. We all know. Here's what you need to do. Before you take the stuff, take a little mental snapshot. Look in the mirror what you look like. You don't have to take a picture or anything. You know, you may not want your phone hacked. Those pictures out there, whatever it is. Some people don't like that kind of stuff. Whatevs. Yeah. Take a mental snapshot. Come back seven days later. And look again, you're going to be like, whoa. Take a little log with you in the gym. Take a little note. How many push-ups you do? Bench press, squat, whatever. Come back seven days later. This stuff foundation is killer. It works. You will feel great on it. It is awesome. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan today. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan today. Pick up your bottle of foundation. I promise you, 
You will not regret it. It is the best nutrition supplement I have ever taken. Okay. So getting back to the Comey story, folks, I get what's going on. Okay. I understand. Before the, the gist of the story yesterday was this. John Solomon is now reporting that Jim Comey, the inspector general, has been referred for prosecution based on the investigation of the inspector general and Comey's leaking and that the Department of Justice turned down prosecution. I don't agree with the decision. A lot of folks emailed me yesterday. You're missing the point. There's a bigger plan here to get Comey. Fine. I'm not suggesting that Bill Barr is incompetent. I just don't think this prosecutorial strategy is going to work. I will get to that in a second. First, I want to play some video from last night. This is John Solomon on Hannity's show. I was on right after him last night on the show. John Solomon explaining. So I'm going to give you the pro and the con, right? About the Comey stuff. What's going on? Why okay. Comey is in trouble and why Comey may be out of trouble a little bit. And okay. again, you formulate your own opinion. Here is John Solomon reporting on why Comey is in a world of trouble. And just so you have the headline, Jim Comey signed one of those FISA warrants, agreed that the information was verified, and in that FISA warrant said they had no derogatory information about Christopher Steele, their source. Ladies and gentlemen, that is clearly not true. Listen to Solomon last night on Hannity. Usually they try to hide the fact if they have, in fact, impaneled the grand jury. There were two paths to spy on the Trump administration, though. We know James Comey was more right. uh, literally warned on multiple occasions. You broke both of, or at least one of those stories, and that was the case of Kathleen Kavlik at the State Department right. about 10 days before Comey signed the first FISA warrant in October 2016 before the election. That's right. He was also warned, we now know, by Bruce Orr, as was everybody else. There are potentially other cases where he was warned about the dossier, about it not being verified, about it being political. But that's only one path. Now, in the Mueller report, correct me if I'm wrong, the professor, Joseph Misford, right. he was, in fact, they thought he was a Russian agent. We find out he's a Western intelligence guy. Now, also, then you have Stefan Halper. He's spying on Carter Page, Sam Clovis and Papadopoulos. Uh, who set that up? Who do, do we know who was involved in that? And was intelligence farmed out to other countries, allied countries, because it would have been otherwise illegal to do it in this country, and they were circumventing American law to do so? Well, I can report uh, uh, absolutely uh, that uh, the Durham investigators have now obtained an audio tape deposition of Joseph Mifsud, where he describes his work, why he targeted Papadopoulos, who directed him to do that, what directions he was given, and why he set that entire process of introducing George Papadopoulos to Russia in motion in March of 2016, which is really the flashpoint, the starting point of this whole Russia collusion narrative. Uh, I can also confirm that the Senate Judiciary Committee has also obtained the same deposition. So you now have the Senate there tapes and the federal show? prosecutor. Wow. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a lot there. A lot to shovel into. First, on the Comey stuff, here's the 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 pro for us. Yes, Comey apparently was that he's not going to be prosecuted for the leaking of the classified information. On the pro side, apparently Comey has been absolutely nailed to the wall about signing off, ladies and gentlemen on an application he says was verified, claiming they had no derogatory information about their source. To tie up what Solomon just said there, 
Solomon gave you two bullet point takeaways you should never forget about Comey's credibility. So again, Joe, Comey says, all this information is good. We don't have any derogatory information. No, no, not true. Solomon says you have two pieces of information. You have the Kathleen Kavalek from the State Department interview with Christopher Steele. We covered in detail yesterday Mm -hmm. where Steele tells Kavalek things that are not true. They're not true. Kavalek has a five page file she gets from Steele full of information that's false. The scheme was run out of a Russian consulate in Miami. There is no Russian consulate in Miami. Michael Cohen went to Prague. He's never been to Prague. That Russians were giving information to Steele. I thought this was about Russian collusion. But he points, and we covered that yesterday in detail. Kavalek from the State Department has information before Comey signs the warrant that the info is false and Comey signed it anyway. But secondly, what the other takeaway from Solomon's appearance Apparently, the Bruce Orr 302s are going to be declassified soon. What are the 302s? What does that mean? Bruce Orr was the number four official in the FBI, excuse me, in the Department of Justice. He was coordinating with the FBI as a back channel information he was getting from Steele. His wife worked for the company that hired Steele. Right. A 302 is a summary of an FBI interview. They write down their notes when they interview you and they enter them into a form called a 302. Quality sources have told me and others and Solomon, I assume as well, that those 302s are, let's just say, not good for Comey. Why? Because now, in addition to the Kavalek negative derogatory information, there's also apparently information in those 302s about Christopher Steele's political motives. Oh. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, that Steele wasn't acting as an intelligence official or former He was acting as a pure political operator. Folks, do you understand what that means? That now in the United States, the FBI is swearing on warrants to spy on American citizens because their political opponents want them to? That's what that means. I can't hammer those two takeaways up. This was an important appearance last night. It got lost with the Trump rally and uh, and, and, uh, El Rushbo being on Sean's show because he's always a big draw. And I understand that. But that was a devastating appearance by Solomon. That now Comey not only had one piece of information, the Kavalek file, but another, the Bruce Orr 302s, that the information was junk. And I've also told you that right around the time they are signing the first FISA, Comey and others, and approving it, Comey had, or, and the FBI had already interviewed one of Steele's Russian sources and found them to be nonsense. Comey is in a lot of trouble. A lot. I get that. I got all these emails. Dan, there's a bigger plan. I am not suggesting there isn't, that Bill Barr isn't aware of this. I'm simply suggesting to you this. Here's the downside. I, by the way, I didn't miss the Masood thing either. I don't think no, I, I got that. Okay. Here's the downside, folks. The logic for, I'm hearing from sources and others behind not prosecuting Comey for his leaks to Daniel Richmond of the memos that were later classified a member who then leaked him to the media mm-hmm. is that they didn't think the case was airtight in court. Folks, listen, I'm not, this is not like, hey, look, let me pat myself on the back. I did this for 12 years. I worked federal cases, not just one, a lot of very big ones. I'm not speaking with forked tongue. When you have a big fish like Comey, 
the former director of the FBI, who is clearly right now a key player in the most corrupt political spying scandal in modern American history, without a doubt, you're not always going to get Joe an airtight case. Now, let me show you what the failings in the case were, why the government failed to go forward, and I'll explain to you why that's a poor strategy in a minute. Let's go to our friend Undercover Huber, at John W. Huber on Twitter, one of the best accounts out there. He has two tweets. Now, keep in mind, I'm taking two tweets from his, this is a thread. He doesn't agree about failing to prosecute Comey. He's just giving you the reasons. I just want to be clear so no one tweets nasty grams to him. He's just giving you the government's logic behind not doing it, the DOJ. We clear on that? So here are the tweets. Um, He says one of the reasons DOJ basically didn't prosecute Comey is because Comey also didn't leak certain contents, Joe, of some of the memos that remain secret to this day, i.e. whether Flynn was under FISA, Trump's calls with Putin, etc., These are still redacted by the FBI, and we don't know their content. To a judge and a jury, this would show that Comey was being somewhat selective about what he leaked. You track that? 10-4. Folks, you you track where Undercover Huber's going with this? Yeah, we're good. Certain portions of the memos Comey did not leak. He kept some of them redacted, and they're still redacted to this day. So even though some information that was later classified was leaked, some of it was kept out, Comey in court will be like, hey, look, we were being careful. Tweet number two about why they didn't prosecute. Also, the classified memo was retrospectively classified by the FBI after Comey had already leaked it. His defense here would be that he didn't know it was classified at the time. Comey can also say he classified some memos at secret level and didn't leak them. Hmm. So in other words, some information that was leaked to uh, the media through Comey's friend was only classified later. By the way, I've read his tweets verbatim, for those of you guys who may criticize the language of it. Those are his tweets. Fair enough. Good. Now, again, Huber thinks that they should have won for it, and so do I. Now, folks, there's the, again, I'm giving you the data. One of the reasons why Bard's DOJ said, this is not an airtight case. We shouldn't go forward. Folks, I entirely disagree. Um, I've done these cases. I've worked these cases. I'll tell you about a case we worked. I'm not going to give you all the details. I'm not going to bore you to death. But we had a guy involved in a major international credit card fraud scheme. Hundreds of millions of dollars. The guy was a bit player. He was a bit player, but he had unquestionably committed crimes. We had him on tape. It was a, We had him nailed to the wall. Ladies and gentlemen, the dude wouldn't talk. He wouldn't talk. So what did we have next week? Next week, we had video that appeared of his daughter. Same credit card for on videotape. There it was. Hmm. The guy was a bit, but daughter was an even bigger bit player. There's no question in my mind she committed a crime, no. Was the case airtight? No. Was probable cause there for an arrest? Undoubtedly. 100%. What did we do? Went out, picked up the daughter. Why? All of a sudden, dad wanted to talk. There we go. There we go is right. Yep. You don't want to do the time, don't do the crime. It's not my fault you got your daughter involved. All of a sudden, we started getting information about the bigger fish and the bigger fish and the bigger fish. The case may not be airtight against Comey. My point here, folks, is you get the bracelets on him. The probable cause for the arrest was there. 
Get him in the system. Get him talking. Get him softened up. Make him go hire a lawyer. Oh, where does that strategy sound familiar, Joe? Where did this happen before? Oh, uh, to Mike Mike Flynn. Flynn. Michael Cohen, Paul Manafort, George Papadopoulos, and just about anyone else that that touched the Trump orbit. I disagree. I'm sorry. I disagree from experience. And a lot of folks email me. You're missing the bigger point. I'm not missing the bigger point. The bigger point is you get Comey in the system. You had PC to arrest him. You serve the warrant. You serve a search warrant at his house. You soften him up. You get the bracelets on him. You interview him. Listen, if you lose the case later, fine. He's the big fish. He knows everything. I think it was a mistake. I'm sorry. And I'm not changing my mind. I deeply appreciate your feedback. Info at Bongino.com. Send us your emails. I re- we read them. I pre- I mean that. But I disagree. I don't think... I, I, I think there is a bigger plan to nail Comey to the wall. Mm. But I think prosecutorially, you're making a mistake by not getting them on the lower level stuff to soften them up to talk about the bigger stuff. Joe, is that making sense? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, if you see I, I, Comey in the bracelets, maybe that causes other people to think about singing a little bit, you know? There you go. That's why I love you, brother. Brilliant. There you go. And Joe wasn't even an 1811 federal aid. Yes. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, people are like, oh, my gosh, they just arrested the former director of the FBI. Yeah. Yeah. He leaked classified information. The the law applies to everyone. He doesn't get a pass. Great point. You know what's funny? I didn't even think of that because I was so thinking about my story. (laughs) Yes. All of a sudden, you see Comey in in the bracelets. Yeah. And they're like, holy, we better start talking quick. Good point. Yeah. You soften everybody else up, too. Thank you. Now, secondly, another takeaway from that um, fantastic appearance by Solomon on Hannity. I didn't miss the Mifsud stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, apparently John Durham, the United States attorney prosecuting this this Spygate fiasco. (laughs) Did we just hear that right? Has tapes of an interview with Joseph Mifsud? Mifsud, who starts this whole thing. The Maltese professor who meets with Papadopoulos and according to the conspiracy theorists out there, tells Papadopoulos about Russian dirt on Hillary and, and, and basically starts this whole spygate drama. Look, a Russian connected guy, Missoud, this Maltese professor, told the Trump guy about Russian dirt on Hillary. Yeah. Folks, the FBI has been telling us forever, oh, we can't find Missoud. Nobody knows who Missoud is. Oh, apparently not, Joseph. Apparently, somebody's got some tapes of an interview with Ms. Sood. Listen, I'm going to leave this here because I want to beat this story to death. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Mm. I got a lot of other stuff to get to. God forbid in those depositions with Ms. Sood on those tapes, Ms. Sood gives the dirty details, the dirty details about being a Western intelligence asset. In other words, the Russians didn't tell me to reach out to Papadopoulos. Friendlies did. Ladies and gentlemen, it would be the biggest entrapment scheme in human history right in front of your very eyes. Now, one more note on this. Um, great source of mine reached out, a uh, good person, and told me this, and I'll leave you with this. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no way there's not a larger conspiracy here. It's, here. it's not a theory. This is reality. This is a quality source with quality information. And he laid this out to me. He said, Dan... In order to use an intelligence asset, a confidential human source targeted at a U.S. person overseas, there is a very specific chain of command 
In other words, ladies and gentlemen, what am I telling you here? Remember, I'm Budsman Joe. Get involved here if yeah. I don't explain this right. I don't like where this is going, man. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. It is not one person who had a sign off on the use of Stefan Halper. And if Miss Sud was a Western intelligence asset as well, on Miss Sud as well. There are multiple people who would have known about it in the U.S. intel and law enforcement community. Let me just give you some titles of people who would be involved in this. It's a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's a conspiracy. It's just not a theory. There are some signatures somewhere on this. The counterintelligence desk in the Washington field office of the FBI would have had to sign off. Special agent in charge of the Washington field office of the FBI. By the way, these are just some. I'm not, I'm not going to go through the whole list. FBI HQ, including the AD and Deputy Assistant Directors in the Counterintelligence Division, Stroke and Price Step. Sound familiar? Section Chiefs, National Security Branch folks, the Deputy Director, Andy McCabe, Jim Comey himself, the CIA, Directorate of Operations, the FBI Legat, the FBI Legat over in London, the CIA uh, Station Chief over in London. Folks, by the way, this isn't even the, an exhaustive list. Jeez. What I'm trying to tell you is if Mifsud was a Western intelligence asset, and we know Halper was, a whole lot of people knew about it, including Jim Comey. Again, it's not a theory, the conspiracy, when the conspiracy actually happened. Okay. I... I kind of love and hate stories like this. You know, I can't stand. I hate boycotts. I think it's really dumb. We can disagree with people politically. I hate boycotts, but liberals have decided that boycotting companies for whatever advertising on stations is the way to go. So conservatives have new rules. Folks have paid back the favor. I got a story for you about one of the most epic fails in the history of corporate America. Don't go anywhere. Last sponsor of the day. One of my faves. Duke Cannon, Duke Cannon, the Duke, the Duke. We love Duke Cannon. What is this? What am I holding here? What are these, chiclets? No, that is their solid cologne. Look at that. Little divot in there. You see that? Yeah. Why? Because we use this solid cologne, Paul and I. It's Paula's birthday today, but I'm taking her out tomorrow. Headed out to a little Italian restaurant. I promise you, this will be an integral part of Paula's birthday celebration. Duke Cannon Solid Cologne. You want to smell like a dude? You want to smell like a dude? Yeah. Try the cologne. Try the Duke Cannon Bar Soap. That's a. That's not a brick. That's a bar of soap. It is the big-ass brick of soap. The yeah. campfire. You smell like a dude. Here, look at the back. Is this really... Joe asked me once, does it really say this? Yes, look. I know you can't see in the camera. <laughs> it really says this. Why is this the best soap ever? Because it's not from France, and it's not for clowns. That is on there. This is Duke Cannon. I love their products. Smell like a man exude the sweat of manhood and exude man smells everywhere. My Paula, how much you love Duke Cannon? Oh, yes, she loves it. Loves it. Date night tomorrow is going to be spectacular. Double whammy. I even got a driver. Believe that? Pay a driver tomorrow. Yeah. All right. I don't do that often. Duke Cannon. Can a bar of soap be patriotic? That's a lot to ask. It's just a bar of soap, right? Doesn't get out a little flag and wave it around. Consider this. Duke Cannon's superior quality grooming goods for hardworking men are tested by soldiers, not boy bands. Duke Cannon, this is cool. Partners with active duty military to develop new ideas and review products. Anything that's to meet the high standards of soldiers doesn't happen. Duke Cannon's also committed to giving back to the men and women serving our country. That's why a portion of their proceeds directly supports veteran causes. Duke 
Canon sells everything you need, nothing you don't. Soap, news anchor, Pomod. Beard wash, smell like manhood. Superior grade, shaving cream, solid cologne, my favorite, nice. And when you're using Duke Cannon's uh, soap or premium hair goods, it give, or their news anchor, getting their news anchor thick hair or beard and shaving goods helps you put your best face forward. Don't be surprised if you start humming the national anthem. Visit Duke, D-U-K-E, Cannon, C-A-N-N-O-N.com right now. Get 15% off at your first order with promo code Bongino. Uh, free shipping on orders over $35. That's DukeCannon.com, promo code Bongino for 15% off. DukeCannon.com, promo code Bongino. We love the Duke. All right. Yes. It's Friday. Joe and I love Friday yeah, for different baby. reasons. But I really love Fridays. <laughs> I'll explain that one day. Maybe we'll have to do a different show, and NSFW. <laughs> not sure Paul would be down with that. Okay, so um, unlike Duke Cannon, which is a company full of patriots, um, Gillette thought it would be a good idea to attack toxic masculinity. Yes, Gillette, the razor company. Uh, Gillette put out this idea about uh, toxic masculinity, some social justice warrior garbage. Uh, the ad was the ad was titled, Is This the Best a Man Can Get? Uh Okay, whatevs. Um, I don't buy your razors to be lectured by social justice warriors. Why Gillette thought that was a good idea, Jeez. I don't know. So, what's the axiom? What is the like number one axiom, right? Of of corporate America, Joe? Get woke, uh, go broke, right? <laughs> yeah. Here's a PJ Media story in the show notes today. Gillette loses billions after shaming men in ad campaign by Jim Treacher, August 1st, 2019. Paula loves these stories, by the way. They're hysterical because I just don't get who sits in a corporate boardroom and goes, listen, hey, uh, uh, Jack, I got an idea. Oh, okay, Tony, let's hear it. Yeah. I think we should do an ad crapping all over men, telling them how they have toxic masculinity. And everybody sits in the Jack, brilliant. That is a great idea. And then you, you have that one little, like, bro, <laughs> nice. You have that one dude in the back, right? The yeah. one who's who, who's not so sure this is a good idea, and he's afraid to speak up, but they're like, hey, uh, Bobby, you look like you got something to say. Um, it sir, weird Timothy, a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's, it's weird a little bit that we sell, it's weird a little bit that we sell shaving products to men, and we're going to take a big dump all over men. Maybe that's not yeah. a good idea. Bobby! Bobby. Get this guy. Escort him out immediately. Bobby. The same bracelets you're going to put on Jim Comey, put him in the bracelets. <laughs> handcuffs. Get him out of here. Prosecute this guy for felonious mopery in the umpteenth degree. Right. This guy's not woke enough. Get him. Get him out. Haul him out. Everybody get a bamboo stick and hit him on the back on the oh. way out, as a matter of fact. Bobby, fi immediately fired. Then, matter of fact, retroactively claims his last six months of salary. It's like a reverse severance. There's always <laughs> one guy who objects. Yeah. Gillette, folks, I'm not making this up, yeah. took an $8 billion write-down. Billion. This is not an Austin Powers. Million dollars. Billion with a B. Write-down. Whose stupid idea was this? <laughs> now, <laughs> folks, we've seen this before. Netflix. Remember Netflix? Mm. We're not going to Georgia. They won't allow uh, life to be terminated in the womb up to nine months, Georgia. They passed pro-life stuff. We are not going to go to Georgia. Netflix was supposed to add 352,000 subscribers that period. Right after that announcement, they lost 160,000. Mm -hmm. That's a big difference. Up, down, up, down. Here's the zero line. Negative supposed to be, uh, Netflix supposed to be above, negative below. Zero, negative, positive, above. Netflix here, negative. 
get woke, go broke. And you know what, folks? I hate boycotts. I do. They're stupid. You should buy products because they're good or bad. It's how an efficient economy works. But new rules, folks. We are in a culture war here, and all of us better wake up real quick. You want to start playing up to the social justice warrior nonsense? Fine. We can play that game, too. A lot of great choices in razors. We advertise one here. A lot of great choices in men's health care products. We just advertise one. You make those decisions. Spend your money wisely. Get woke. Go broke. Okay. Given the popularity, uh, moving on, of our Matt Palumbo, my resident debunker and fact checker. He has a book coming out, by the way, Debunk This, which is a must read before the election. He debunks all the liberal nonsense. It's available on Amazon now. Go check it out. Matt wrote a piece about Baltimore. Uh, the piece went nuclear on our website. We had, wouldn't you say, Paul, our largest traffic day ever? Wow. Uh, Bongino.com has been, exp- yeah, Joe, I haven't even been talking to you about this because we have so much going on right now. Bongino.com, thank you all. You mean the world to me. You have just been blowing our website up. Uh, Matt's piece was a large part of that. He wrote this piece about what's really going on in Baltimore, stimulus money, crime rates. So I said to Matt, listen, I'd like you to follow up and talk about the public safety situation in Baltimore and how bad it really is. But I don't tell Matt what to do. He does his own thing. Matt has editorial control over his own content. I just give him ideas. New piece up today I'd like you to check out. Folks, this headline is everything. This is, a, this is not a joke. This is not funny. This is not meant to be silly. This is meant to highlight a point. Listen to this. Articles up at the show notes and at Bongito.com by Matt. If Baltimore were a country, it would be the world's third most dangerous. Folks, this is, this is not funny. This is not a joke. It's not silly stuff. It's not silly time. I can't say this enough. These are our people, our citizens, and our country in one of our cities. They live in a city that would literally be, if it were a country, the world's third most dangerous. Paula, put up that chart. This is in the piece at the show notes. Baltimore's homicide rate by area, the murder rate per 100,000 people, Joe, would rank only behind El Salvador and Jamaica, slightly ahead of Honduras, if it were a country. Folks, that is unforgivable. Mm. Why has that happened? We know why. Because the relentless liberal pandering to this anti-police atmosphere, which we saw in the debates the other night, where people act like police are the bad guys, has caused this Ferguson effect where cops feel like they're not going to be backed up by political leaders that govern their cities, and they do hands off. Folks, uh, can I tell you why? Mm. Can I give you a behind the scenes on why this happens? Now, one, one quick thing about the analysis. To be fair, Matt addresses this in the piece, too. Cities and countries are somewhat apples and oranges, obviously. Cities have concentrations of people. Countries have more dispersed areas of people. But it's, the analysis is not inaccurate. If it were a country, it'd be the third most dangerous. Baltimore is a very dangerous place. I believe it would be the 21st most dangerous city in the world, mm. which is still horrendous. Horrendous. Here's what I'm getting from a police, a police officer friend of mine. And this happened post-Ferguson and the riots. It's been going downhill ever since. It's continued with de Blasio, um, these big city mayors that are liberals attacking the cops. The cops, they're just human, folks. You don't have to agree with this. I'm just giving you the inside baseball about what's happening. A lot of them are dialing back aggressive policing because they're afraid they're going to lose their jobs and not be backed up by management catering to politicians. He gave me this example. 
Whereas five or six years ago, you know, or maybe a decade ago in the Rudy Giuliani, New York, you saw a car in the street clearly doing something in violation of the law. No one said, listen, I'm a libertarian at heart. No one's, I'm, no one advocates against a police state more than me. I'm just telling you what he's telling me, this guy. Mm-hmm. You see someone in New York, it's illegal to make a right on red. They make a right on red. They broke traffic laws. You'd pull them over. This is him talking. In the past, Joe, you know, you'd smell marijuana coming out of the car. You'd have probable cause or reasonable suspicion for some kind of a Terry frisk. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd pull them out, frisk them. A lot of times you found a gun that turns out that that guy who made the right on red and was smoking some weed in the car was going to commit an armed robbery or the woman with him or whatever. So when they would, what they call toss them, frisk them, Mm -hmm. found the gun, they get them off the street, they prosecute them. That robbery didn't happen. That's why the crime rates were down. Ladies and gentlemen, it's called broken windows policing. It's not complicated. It works. What my friend told me is that's not what's happening now. You see the right on red? You smell the marijuana? You're like, I don't know. Maybe marijuana, maybe not. Write the guy a ticket or just give him a warning and let him go. You don't have to agree with it or disagree with it. I'm giving you a police officer's perspective. I'm not on the street anymore. I left the police department in 1999. But that is his explanation for when that happens citywide, why crime rates in Baltimore and other places are going up. They're not pulling these guys out of the car when they have reasonable suspicion uh, suspicion anymore, getting the guns off the street, doing it as aggressively as they were in the past because they just feel like they're not going to be backed up. It's as simple as that. Folks, it's a very dangerous trend. Again, I am I cannot be clear enough. I am not suggesting, you know, rampant stops of people for no it's not. I, I absolutely not. But when you meet the criteria, reasonable suspicion, for a frisk on the street, whether it's for safety, weapons possession, drugs, or whatever it is, then you darn well should do it. I don't want those folks in my neighborhood either. I don't want anyone being profiled. Outside of behavioral characteristics, everybody, pro, you see, you know, mm-hmm. the broken window, police, guy's got a hammer. I mean, that's a behavioral. I'm talking mm-hmm. about because of physical characteristics. No one's suggesting that. I'm simply suggesting to you that aggressive policing based in rules and procedures in the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen, works. It's not working now because they're not doing it because political leaders have failed them. That's why you're seeing a situation in Baltimore like you see now. Listen, we have a lot of police officers that listen to the show. If you think I'm wrong and my friend's wrong, fair enough. Shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet, DM us uh, on Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be. I'd love to hear your opinion. I have said this before. I've never gotten a no on that. Just letting you know. Okay, last story of the week, how I missed this the last few days. I'm sorry. I, I just, um, we've been so, this has been such a stacked week of shows. It's been our best week ever for listenership. <laughs> so a big thank you to yeah. you. Folks, it's just fascinating how liberals, whenever you want to see what a liberal, uh, whenever liberals attack conservatives for something, it's typically something liberals are doing themselves. Liberals have been for what? For the last two years, Joe. Yeah. Oh, the, the Trump tried to rig the election yeah. with the Russians. Ah, screaming and yelling like lunatics. Folks, it's liberals, as I just showed you through the Comey story, the Hillary story, steel using Russian sources. It's actually liberals who tried to rig the election with trying to use higher-ups in the FBI, DOJ, and CIA to do so. It's not us. It's the liberals. But it's fascinating about rigging elections, how the liberals are doing this right now, and the mainstream media has largely ignored the story through that narrative lens. 
Check out this story in California. California, unbelievably, uh, is trying to ban Trump from the... This is a real story. Wall yeah. Street Journal, July 31st, 2019. The headline is literally California bans Trump. The state passes a law to bar Trump from the primary ballot. This is not a joke. Who's rigging elections now? Here's the story. Here's what happened. Gavin Newsom, far left radical governor of California, driving the state into the ground, has now uh, signed into 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 uh, le the legislation into law, a bill banning candidates that don't disclose their tax returns from appearing on the primary ballot. Clearly directed who at Trump. Yeah. Fine. You disagree with his opinion. You think Trump should disclose his tax returns. Ladies and gentlemen, great. Don't vote for him then. That's fair enough. But, Joe, there's a document that clearly prescribes and lays out oh. what has to be done for you to run for president. You may uh -huh. have heard of the document, Joe. Yeah. It's called the Constitution. Yeah. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, it's, that, yeah, it's it. hard to find. No, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, not the Magna Carta, <laughs> no, right? The it's, it's not the, uh, nope. you know, it's, it's, it's not the uh, Accra Ghana Bill of Rights. It's <laughs> the Constitution. Yeah. The United States Constitution lays out very specific criteria to be president of the United States and no more. Folks, this thing is going to get thrown out if it goes to the Supreme Court. There's no question about it. States have tried this before. They've tried term limits at the state level on congressmen. It's been thrown out. The Constitution lays out the criteria for Congress, the Senate, the presidency. That is it. There is no state law that's going to supersede that. The point here is, is to point out the absurdity of liberals continuing to claim that Trump tried to rig the election when that's all the liberals have been doing for two years. A Russian collusion fairy tale, trying to abandon the Electoral College, trying to pack the Supreme Court, trying to get Trump electors after he won to not vote for Trump yep. despite state laws showing that they, that's what they do, that trying to throw out the Electoral College in total. It's the left that's losing their mind. It's not us. Those are the maniacs, not us. And now they're trying to keep them off the primary ballot. It's not going to work. It's stupid. But the fact that the Trump team has to waste their time in California with this kind of stupid insanity is utterly ridiculous. They can't keep them off the general election mm. ballot, by the way. But this primary, it's just an insult and a slap in the face. And another effort by what's largely by any economic measure now, a state on a downturn, sadly, to hit the Trump team for Gavin Newsom's political gain. It's really gross, stupid stuff. All right, folks, thanks again for a great week of shows, our best week ever. Please subscribe to this show on video, youtube.com slash Bongino. It's free, of course. And on audio, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, you can go to SoundCloud as well. Go check that out. We really appreciate it. And you can always listen on Bongino.com where we had our biggest week of traffic ever. You all are the best. I owe it exclusively to you, the best audience in the business. Love you to death. See you all on Monday, folks. Thanks again for a great week. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.